Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Welcome to Come to Your Senses, the School of Sensual Living podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through topics like pleasure, beauty, embodiment, femininity, art, somatic healing, mindfulness, and of course, everyday sensuality. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode is around a topic that is so common with the women that I work with, and that is the art of building community and friendships. If you're like most people, you probably have a lot of acquaintances, a lot of maybe outer circle contacts, but you yearn for those deeply intimate, supportive friendships that give you not just a sense of social legitimacy, but a real sense of belonging. And this episode comes from my personal experience. After I got divorced, I moved to a town where I didn't know a soul. And it took a lot of time, but I'm really grateful to say that I have not just created, you know, there has been quite a bit of effort involved in the creation of my friendships, but also magnetized a certain quality of friendship and relationship into my life. And today in this episode, I want to share some of the actions that I took, both on the outer, things that I actually did to connect with people and meet people and things like that, but also on the inner, some of the inner actions and blocks that I worked through in magnetizing what I wanted. And I'm really excited to share these with you because once again, for so many of the people that I work with, there's this sense that even though we know hundreds of people or dozens of people, we feel so alone. And so my greatest intention, you know, of course, my intention is to give you more fun tools and tips for creating and building friendships in your life. But my even deeper intention is that you feel from today's episode the courage to allow yourself to be known and to share yourself with other humans and to gain that 
satisfaction of genuine intimacy and connection that no number of likes on Instagram can compete with. And before we dive in, I want to share that right now I'm putting the finishing touches on the Goals, Garters, and Girlfriends game, which is a game that I play in my Embodied Intelligence coaching program with the participants in the program. It's a 30-day goal-setting game where we get really clear about what it is that you desire to create in 30 days and then practice the principles of magnetism and a more feminine way of being, merging those aspects with the more masculine aspect of action. And there are prizes in the form of lingerie. And I'm so excited. The last time I ran this game, the participant said that, you know, this experience was worth the tuition alone, not just because of the progress that they made on their goals, but the skills that they learned and the relationships that they developed in the process of that. And so if embodied intelligence coaching is something that you desire and are interested in, head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. Our current program is sold out, but we will be opening it for enrollment again come August. And I would love to talk to you about becoming a member. The art of building friendships. So one of my favorite lines about relationships comes from a song called We Can Do Hard Things that I first heard on Glennon Doyle's podcast. It's written by her daughter. And it says, if you want to be loved, you've got to be known. I'm going to say that again. If you want to be loved, you've got to be known. And I wanted to start there because kind of like I said in the intro, I'm going to share with you some tools and techniques around building community and building friendships. But the real essence that I have discovered of building these genuine friendships is my willingness to be vulnerable, to share myself, to ask for help, to offer help when needed, to share my desire to connect. And this year, in the past nine months or so, I've been doing a lot of work. I started a specific journey around avoidance. And in my attachment style, I identify as a fearful avoidant. So that is a person who displays avoidant behavior in relationships, diffidence, indifference, I don't care, push you away. But on the inside is clawing and clamoring for intimacy and the intimacy that that you fear. There's this equal fear of both being intimate and being abandoned. And so when I set out on this journey, I thought, okay, in my recovering and shifting of this pattern, I'm going to have people over for dinner multiple times a week, and I'm going to you know, do all these things, and I'm going to have all these social gatherings to overcome my avoidance of intimacy and relationships. And what I've found, you know, it kind of looked like that at the start, but what I found is the deeper expression of that is not so much this external expression of my social calendar, but it's more the internal experience of allowing my insides to be visible to the people I trust and the people I love. 
and building and fostering that trust and love and taking risks in vulnerability so that that bond between us is not based solely on the effort of getting together, but it is more based on that soul level connection of coming together. And so the first jewel that I want to share with you from this little pouch of wisdom that I have around this, my lived experience, and as always with all of these tools and tips and jewels, I encourage you to hold them up to your own life experience to see if they resonate as true. When I was writing the episode, I wrote this one as like actually care. (laughs) You know, so in this world of text messaging and Instagram likes and keeping these social connections and friendships alive through a digital medium, I personally find that my relationships can become quite transactional. And at the end of the day, if I haven't returned texts, I feel guilty and then I feel resistant to returning the texts and all of a sudden relationships just feel like a tremendous amount of work. And I have this one friend who calls me every couple of days and who every once or once a week or every two weeks will just text me and say, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Do you mind if I drop by for a cup of tea? And at first, it really scared me. And I was like, yo, this is too much. What is this antiquarian way of being that you practice? And come to find out, she's just a really caring person who puts a lot of emphasis on maintaining the relationships in her life. That's really important to her. So she keeps showing up no matter what. She keeps showing up. She opts for actually calling a person rather than just texting them. She opts for regular in-person connection and she's persistent. And I gained so much inspiration from that and I learned so much and I started following her lead. And when I think about like the friends that I know I can rely on and that will be there for me no matter what, she is one of the first ones to come to mind and it's because of that in-person connection. And so when I say like actually care, what I mean by that is something that's really helped me is is identifying what are these relationships in my life that I really want to invest in and that I really want to show up for no matter what. And I practice going out of my comfort zone, actually calling them, making dates, even when they're persistently busy, offering help, like if they're moving offering to come over and help them pack, doing things to demonstrate, I care about you in my word and in my deed. And if your experience is anything like mine, you will be shocked at how incredibly rewarding it is to do service for your friends and to foster these relationships through the act of caring not just about, but for your friends. The second jewel is to be the party you wish to see or go to. So one of the things I've started in my town is something called the Fancy Friday Dinner Club. I love to get dressed up. I live in a place in a corner of the world where dressing up is not the norm. I live in a small-ish city. And it's not like a big city where people get dressed up and go out all the time. It's quite rare. And I need that like I need oxygen. 
my Venus is in Leo and it will settle for nothing less. And so I have a group of girlfriends that first Friday of every month, we go out to a fancy restaurant, we get dressed up, and we share celebrations about ourselves. We compliment and reflect each other's beauty. We share our desires. We share what's real and true in our hearts. And we use this medium of glamour and beauty, which I personally find such a lubricant to feminine connection as this campfire around which to gather. So that's a party I really want to attend. And so even if just one or two people show up, I am willing to continue showing up and be the party I want to see and attract more people to that party. Another thing that brings me a lot of joy is ritual. So sometimes on on full or new moons, I'll have friends over onto my screened-in porch and we'll do a ritual and It does take effort and it does take energy to host and it does take vulnerability to host. And yet I am being the party I want to see. I'm creating the kind of energy that I want to have and I'm inspiring others, the ability and the desire to do that too. The other night I was noticing as I was doing kind of my mindset exercises in the morning how bored I felt. I just felt utterly bored. And I felt like all the tasks on my to-do list for the day were just draining of my life force. And I do this mindset exercise of shifting my thoughts and feelings around what's here and what's present. And when I shifted my thoughts around that, I went from, this is boring, this is hopeless, life is dry, to the power to create fun is in my hands. And love is not about what I do. It's about the energy I do it with. And so I brought that to my boring tasks. And I also texted some friends to see if they wanted to come over and watch chocolate and eat coconut cream caramel corn with me that I had made. And so once again, it's like we all desire that lusciousness of fun, fulfilling, feminine friendships. And sometimes that becomes readily available to you, but most oftentimes it demands a bit of leadership. And so I encourage you to be the party you want to go to. The third jewel, it's kind of similar to the first jewel, and it is to win friends and influence people through acts of service. So I remember one time when my mom was in the hospital, it was really scary. She almost died and I was terrified and I had so much adrenaline, so much energy, and I poured it into my pleasure. Every day I would go to the hospital dressed like I was ready for the runway. I brought orchids, probably six or seven orchids into her room I would massage her feet every day with this badger balm, this lavender chamomile badger balm to relax her. I would play relaxing music and just help her system settle and relax so that it could heal. And one of the things that I did that I was surprised at how much joy I received was I baked chocolate chip blueberry muffins for the nurses. And what I was really doing is trying to move some of this energy through my body with a creative act. But What surprised me was the depth of connection and relationship that I created with the nurses. You know, nurses can 
really take a beating in an environment where everybody's usually in a state of fight, flight, or freeze. And nurses can often get overlooked. And so just that simple act of service and acknowledgement for the way that they showed up for my mom created so much beautiful opening for intimacy and for getting to know them. And so I want to acknowledge that what I just described sounds like a lot of time and a lot of effort. And if you are in a place in your life where you don't have that kind of a time and effort to just bake muffins for somebody on a Sunday, it can be a lot simpler than that. It can be as simple as a 10-minute phone call as you're driving from your house to the grocery store just to see how your friend is doing. It could be dropping a bouquet of wildflowers that you picked in your yard on your walk from your house to the car in that morning into their mailbox and saying to them, thinking of you. There are so, so many ways that we can use our creativity through the medium of service and beauty and pleasure to bring more connection in the relationships in our lives. And the final jewel that has really helped me in creating meaningful, intimate friendships is to ask intimate, interested questions. So, so often when we are listening to a friend, I'm sure you can relate to this, as I know I can, we are listening with the intent of how we're going to respond. And a mindfulness teacher, Deborah Eden Tull, once said to me that good listening is really just a present, a practice of relaxation. So when you're listening to someone, rather than trying to impart a good technique of listening, try just relaxing and not planning your response and not being in the vigilance of trying to control the conversation. And when you've really listened, ask a question to go even deeper. Something like, how do you feel about that? Or how does that feel for you? Or perhaps reflecting back, what I just heard you say is this, and this is how I imagine that must feel. Letting your friend know that you see them, you hear them. A good friend of mine, Sarah Jane Case, whenever we would go out for friend dates, at the end of our date, she would ask me some rapid-fire questions, and we'd kind of swap answers. And she'd ask questions like, what are you really grateful for right now? Tell me five things. What are you most afraid of right now? Tell me three things. Who are you in love with in your life right now and why? What are you currently obsessed with? Tell me about it. And it was so fun. And especially when we were first getting to know each other, you know, it's always a little awkward. I had met her through Instagram and through friends, and I just found her beguiling. And so I asked her out on a friend date. And that initial getting to know each other time period can often be so awkward. And these questions that she would ask, she's someone who really values depth, made it so easy to love her and to be loved by her because we were actually showing our insides, not just our rehearsed characters. And so, my loves, I pray that those are helpful tools for you to stay embodied and to begin cultivating more satisfying, more nourishing, more meaningful friendships in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash review. I would love to hear from you and read your name on the air. And if going deeper with embodiment and sensual living is something you desire, 
I'd love to see you in my coaching program opening in August, schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. For more coaching classes and community in the art of sensual living, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free course on how to reduce anxiety and increase your natural confidence through powerful embodied body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to get instant access to the course today.